he is going to bless us. Um, it was so evident in the conversations. We're sitting around a table together, 19 of us having conversations that could have ended in, you know, at different points in three days together uh, in close proximity, needling one another on the sides with our elbows. It could have, you know, there could have been times of tension or something. And, and there was just so much positive feeling and vibration in the group. Like it, it, was, it was one of those times when you say, oh, clearly... God is among us, and he is doing something among us. And so I, I encourage you to continue to pray for that, because God is going to bless us as we learn and grow together. And that's really uh, what it was about, a, a chance for some people to grow. And we were, we were growing indeed. Okay, are we ready here for this? Look at this slide. You might, yeah, you might want to turn the lights off a little bit there. Thank you. The definition of being drunk this is Kelly's definition. You might think, well, that's kind of pointed or that's an odd thing to start with. I'm actually not talking about drunkenness today. But it does play big into the scripture that I want to read in a moment. So the definition of being drunk. A period of being intoxicated, and notice I say a period, a period of being intoxicated with alcohol to an extent that influences one's mood, behavior, speech, attitudes, abilities, and judgment in a way that departs from his or her normal character. Now, you might be able to find a better definition of drunkenness than that one. I came up with that one entirely on my own, but I do have some experience in my past with drunkenness, certainly with those around me being drunk, having grown up in an alcoholic home. So I know a little bit about what that was like, and uh, personally, I think this definition fits. And there are some things to that definition that really fit uh, for us today, or that I hope kind of fit for us today, in contrast to the way in which God, I think, wants to work among us. And what I mean is this. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And, and my sense is that there is something about being drunk on wine that parallels our experience of being in the Spirit. I can't say exactly what all of those are, but I do think that there are some things about being drunk on wine that are parallel to being filled with the Spirit. It's interesting, if you go past this passage in your scriptures, it goes on to talk about how we're supposed to exhort one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. Now, we all know that sometimes people who have had too much to drink can be a little bit melodious. They can express some joy. But the kind of joy that needs to be expressed by those who are filled with the Holy Spirit is a different kind of joy. It's a different kind of satisfaction. It's a different kind of peace. And God definitely wants us to be blessed in a way that, that exemplifies that peace and that, that wonderful sense of being in Christ. So there is that parallel, I think. But there's some things that, that also need to be different for sure. So we got three passages here that we want to kind of focus on this morning with reference to the notion of being filled with the Spirit. The first one we already read, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And then here's a passage which is just about parallel in many ways. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and influences us in significant ways. There is a power there 
There is something that overflows there. There is joy and peace there, which is supposed to be in contrast, I think, to what's present when one gets drunk on wine. And then I pray that out of his glorious riches he may... We may strengthen, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. We're talking here again about the indwelling of the spirit, the presence of the spirit in our lives, and the impact that that's supposed to have. Now, what I want to do this morning right now is I've got three easels up here with three charts, and I want to talk about some of the characteristics that are present when a person is, on the one hand, drunk with wine, and then, on another hand, not drunk with wine, but instead filled with the Spirit. So let's first of all talk, church, about what it means to be drunk. Now, I'm not thinking, of course, that you're all that experienced with this. But you probably, if you haven't got the experience yourself, you're probably aware enough of the experience of others to tell me some things that happen when a person gets drunk. Church? What can we say? Lack of judgment. What else? That's the only one. They become bold. Okay? That goes along with lack of judgment. Okay? Okay, okay, Lauren, I think I think you know what you're talking about. But but you'll have to slow down, or I can't get them all, my friend. He does indeed. Okay, so suicidal, homelessness, hopelessness. You said. Yeah, I got that one. Okay. Other things. Okay. Okay. Bill. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to put brilliance. Okay, but in quotation marks. Okay. What else? Margaret. Very loud. Okay. Speak louder, Margaret. Okay, and somebody said something else? Argumentative, sure. Okay, what else? What's that? Seizures, yes. Somebody said something else, though. Despair, thank you. I love you, too. Okay, what else? Okay, we love each other, that's true. Somebody else? Oh, you get mean, sure, that happens. There are mean drunks, for sure. Might get sick, ooh. What's that? And there's happy drunks, too. Okay, although, it's interesting, like you say happy, but I think Joanne would probably admit that the happiness that goes along with drinking is a very temporary kind of happiness. It just doesn't last. In fact, I've... I, okay, Lauren, thanks, buddy. We're, 
uh, what we're going to do now is I'm, I'm going to make some comments now about drunkenness, and then I'm going to move on to talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? One of the things that happens, uh, this whole temporary nature of the drunkenness thing, is I can re- recall like it was yesterday, my stepmother going from being almost giddy with happiness. I've described this to you before. We were on a camping trip, and I can remember her being almost giddy with happiness. We're all sitting around a picnic table and playing games, and everything is... Uh, happy and joyful, and about an hour later, she was sleeping in the dirt with our dog, crying about how nobody loved her. And she'd just gone from this incredible high of supposed happiness to incredible low of not so happy at all. So there, there are incredible mood swings can take place as well, along with those who, you know, those other things that go on with a person who's drunk. Okay, let's talk about what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Okay, and I'm not talking here. I'm not talking here about the charismatic gifts kind of filled. I'm talking just about what happens that goes on in the life of a human being when they're filled with the Spirit. Okay, hope. Faith. Yeah. What's that? Joy, for sure. Okay. Did you say safe? As opposed to saved? That too, but definitely safe. Okay. What else? Gratitude? Thankful, kindness, righteousness. Somebody, somebody else said something. Strength, did you say? Yes, gratitude or grateful. Okay, forgiveness. Discernment, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's good enough for now. Here's the thing. There's always a thing, have you noticed that? Here's the thing, here's the point. When a person gets drunk on wine, there are some things that are not overly pleasant about his or her lifestyle at that point. It's not positive. It might seem like it's positive, but it's pretty temporary, and the things that go along with it are generally not so good. On the other hand, being filled with the Spirit, and there, I mean, we could have put a host of things down here of attributes that go along with being filled with the Spirit in Christ. Being filled with the Spirit is an amazing experience. And I don't know if, if we put this down here, but it's enduring. And I'm not going to say that it doesn't ebb and flow, because sometimes I think it does, but it is enduring. A person comes to Christ, has the Spirit take over their life, and then they find themselves being greatly blessed for life as they stay in Christ. 
And it's a wonderful experience with wonderful blessings. So filled with the Spirit, hope, peace, faith, joy, generosity, love, the kind of brother and sister love, safeness, is that a word? Safety, gratitude, kindness, thankfulness, righteousness, strength, grateful, forgiveness, discernment, enduring. All those things can be ours in Jesus for sure. We want definitely to be the kind of people who are filled with the Spirit. But today's lesson is not about the contrast between drunkenness and being filled with the Spirit. In one sense it is. And we can see the contrast between those two things. But that's not really where I want to go with this. That's not really the point. That's part of it. The point I really want us to focus on this morning is what it's like when we are supposed to be filled, when we should be filled, when God has provided for us every opportunity to be filled, but the filling that we long for and that God longs for us to experience isn't there. Because my impression is, when I talk to people, Christians, who know Jesus, when I talk to them about what it means to live this full life in Christ, you know how in John 10 it talks about how Jesus came to give us life, but not just any kind of life. What kind of life did Jesus come to give us? Abundant life. He came to give us this incredibly abundant life. But my impression is that an awful lot of Christians, and you may find yourself one of them, you don't always feel like you have this abundance of life that God has called us to and that he wants to give us. A lot of times, it's like our cups are about half filled. A lot of times, it's like if you've got an eight-cylinder car a V8, a lot of times it feels like we've got about four of those spark plugs missing. And it just isn't going the way that we want it to go. And I don't think that that's what God wants for us. I think he wants something more. I think he wants us to have an opportunity for the fullness of life that he intended. I think God expects in many ways for us to be ready and open to receive the fullness of the Spirit that He offers. But sometimes it just doesn't happen for us the way we know that it should and the way that we, in our hearts, long for it to happen. And isn't that the case? Like, don't some of you, at least, feel like there are times in your life when instead of running at 100% filled, there are times when it's just 50% filled? Like it's just 60% filled? Like somehow all that I thought I was going to get with Christianity, all that I thought was going to happen, all that I thought that I was going to be in Jesus, all that I thought that God would make happen in my life, just it's, I just don't have all of that and I'm really longing for something here? Isn't it true that some of you come on a Sunday morning like this and you meet with other believers and you've just got this expectation, you want something to happen? You're hoping that this will be the day, this will be the Sunday when I'm going to show up and something is going to happen inside of me that hasn't happened before. And the full transformation that I want to take place, it's going to take place. And I'm going to walk out of there today different than I've ever been before. Isn't it the case that sometimes we feel like that? 
I think God really does want something different for us. When he says, get, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, he's got something in mind there. Like it's not like he's saying, stay sober, and he just leaves us with a void. Or with something neutral, stay sober, and then neutrality. Instead, there is another filling that he wants to be present within the lives of all of us. He wants us to know it and to feel it, to sense it, to live it. He wants us to to have something on the inside that says, I have arrived in Christ. Not in the sense that my life is perfect, as if I live perfectly before him, but I can sense that something dynamic has taken place. I'm not the same as I was before. Jesus is doing something within me that's never happened before. I think he wants that for us. How is that going to happen and what does it look like? And so... The contrast is not between drunk and filled with the Spirit. The contrast is between what are we and what should we be? And my question, this is what I want to write down here, what is it that we miss? Both as individuals but also as a church. What do we miss when the fullness isn't there? Because I'm convinced that there are things we miss out on. I'm convinced that there are ways in which God wants to bless us and he can't bless us because we're not filled. In fact, I would say that part of what he wants to do is fill us and that's so much of the blessing. But what is it that we miss out on when not filled? Modified holiness. Are you thinking... Like our holiness is modified somehow less than what it could be? Okay. What's that? We miss out on our potential. Okay. Less than what? Community, does somebody say? Unity? Yeah, we're going to miss out on unity for sure. Because the Spirit is there to give us unity. What else? Okay. Less impact. What else? Okay. Shallow relationships. What else? I can't hear you. Sorry. Dreams. Oh, our, like our dreams are not fulfilled. Sure. Unfulfilled dreams. Loss of family. Okay. Somebody said something else. A weakened church. Yeah, you know. The church can't be what it's supposed to be if the Spirit isn't there fully among us. I'm sorry? Not religion? What do you mean? Okay. We'll we'll talk about that one later, okay, Lauren? Somebody else? Insecure. Sure. Insecure in our faith? 
What was that, Dave? Okay. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Thanks. What's that? We end up confused, okay? Yeah, like as a church, we can be confused, even if the Spirit isn't leading us and directing us. And, you know, lack peace both in the sense of individuals, but also lack peace as a, as a church when the Spirit doesn't fill us. We're not walking together with the Spirit filling us. Okay, okay, self-centeredness. Okay, self-righteousness. I'm going to lose space, out of space here. Self-righteousness. Did you say loss of trust? Yeah, okay, that's good enough. The point is that there's lots of things Tons of things. Like the list could be three, four, five, ten times longer than this of the things that we as individuals and the church misses out on when the Spirit doesn't just totally have hold of us. If we are playing this game halfway, it's, it's like really like a sporting event in the sense that if you don't run the race, this is Pauline language, if you don't run the race so as to win, what happens? You get defeated. You lose. You don't win. God has all these things that he wants for the church. There's so much potential, as Jordan said there, so much potential for us to have the Spirit completely fill us and for us to be dynamic and powerful and influential. The community bowled over by our presence within it. Like, wouldn't it be exciting if we could say things like, our community has been completely changed by the presence of the Calvary Church of Christ among them. What if we were completely different as a community because we were here? What will make that happen? What will make it happen is when the Holy Spirit is present within us. Yeah, you're right, Lauren. And when the Holy Spirit is working among us in that way, then we have a chance to have the kind of impact that we really need to have. Now, I want everybody to look at this passage. Because the question is, how do we become filled with the Spirit in light of this wonderful thing that can happen to us when we are? Ephesians 1.13 You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. What that says is, is that the Holy Spirit is here, he is among us, he is with us. For those who stand in Jesus, there is no question about the Spirit's presence. We were marked in him. When we came to Christ. And so there's no question about whether or not he is among us. But there's a passage in James. I'm forgetting the verse right now. You have because you do not ask. And look at this one. Oh, that's not the one I want. There. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You have because you, or you don't have because you do not ask. This passage seems to me to indicate that there is something there waiting for us. Something that God wants to give us. And if we are willing to ask, 
In fact, look at this passage. If we're willing to offer ourselves to God. If you ask him for the presence of his spirit. If you offer to him yourself. Then the Bible seems to be saying that God is just right there. Ready to shower down upon us the blessings of his spirit. And the wonderful, wonderful impact on our world that we could have can be ours when we make ourselves available in this way to God to be used by him through the presence of his spirit. So the question is, are we going to ask? Are we going to offer? You know what I want? (laughs) Is I want for all of us, every last one of us, to go home today or before you go home to hit your knees. To hit your knees and to say to God, God, fill me. Take me to a place I haven't been before. Open my heart and bless me with your presence in a way that will allow me to contribute to what we are as a body of Christ in such a significant way that indeed our community will be completely changed because we are here. And it wouldn't be for a moment because of something that was we had done. Not some effort on our own. but because God came and did it. He filled us. And he worked the transformation that comes with that filling. I can't think of a single thing that would stand in our way aside from us not asking or not offering ourselves to him in that way. Does he not want to do it? Of course he does. Will he find his people ready to receive? I pray he does. Let's pray. Lord, I'm praying your filling of every person here. Father, I pray that you'd fill me. The ways in which my life doesn't represent the fullness of the Spirit, whether it's the fruit of the Spirit, the activity of the Spirit, the holiness that comes with knowing you, whatever way it is in my own life that I'm not there, come and fill me. Make me new. Transform my heart and my mind. Change my spirit and help me walk with you. And for those who are just like me, God, who need to be filled with you in a way that we haven't before, I'd pray that you would bless them too with the fullness of your spirit and transform their hearts and their minds. Open them and help them to offer themselves before you, ready to receive. Father, we believe with surety 
that you will come. Father, we are asking, we pray that you would fill us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.